Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You'll get statements like, um, when is the doctor coming? Oh, you're the doctor. You're not what I expected. And you're like, I I just explained myself. And so having to constantly explain yourself, I would say to peers, to other staff members, and to patients, is something that has become a norm. Oh, they got the right one. Cause see, I fuck around and let them die. <laughs> Straight up. Oh, you was expecting somebody. Oh, okay. Bye. Her band aid. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, welcome back. And if you have a fuck you, please send them to us here at Black at Work Pod via email at gmail.com. Or you can go on our website and submit those anonymously at blackatworkpod.com. Our fuck you for today comes from Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. She says, first off, ladies, I want to say I just discovered y'all amazing podcast earlier last month and I am in love This podcast is so freaking relatable and hilarious. I seriously look forward to it every week. Thank you. Thank you so much. So my fuck you is for my soon-to-be ex-job. Two weeks ago, I had an incident with my manager. Our store policy is that masks are required, and in the state of Texas, masks were made mandatory as well. So we had a couple of customers come in without masks. We called for our manager to come and deal with this situation because that's what the company asked us to do multiple times. But she did not respond on the walkie and just sat in the office. I happened to walk by these guests and immediately felt uncomfortable as they didn't have masks on and were talking with their particles floating all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Black people are dying at a much higher rate. And on top of that, my family is immunocompromised. So I don't want to risk getting COVID-19 and passing it to them. My store is also located in Austin and we have some of the highest cases right now. I then found out some of my coworkers had asked these guests two to three times to put a mask on and they still refused. At this point, my manager still had not responded or dealt with this situation. And I and all of the other employees felt extremely unsafe and uncomfortable with this situation. So I had to take leadership and call the police to mandate these customers and their masks. Once my manager finally comes out of the freaking office, I let her know that I have called the police because these guests refuse to wear a mask, even though they are mandatory in the state of Texas. I asked her if it was a problem and she said no. I then come to find out that she actually did have a problem with that, with what I did, but didn't address it with me. Typical white girl shit, she puts in parentheses. <laughs> this just pissed me off to high heavens, along with this company not paying us hazard pay since we are working through a freaking pandemic, working us 40 hours a week, even though this is a part-time job, incompetent managers, and this company caring more about its customer satisfaction rather than employee safety, I put my two weeks in. My last day is July 21st. 
I'm sad because I've worked here for three years since I was 17, but I am ultimately ready to move the fuck on. I'm 20 years old, going into my junior year of college, so it's time for me to focus on getting into law school, starting my career, and building my empire. So fuck this company, fuck corporate, fuck them. Anyways, LMAO, I love y'all. Sorry for the long rant. Can't wait for the next episode. Hashtag Black Girl Magic. (laughs) Black Girl Magic. Come on, law school. Come on, third year of uh, undergrad. That's what I'm talking about. Girl, as as Anessa was reading this, I was just like, "Mm -hmm, this is so typical. And the audacity, (laughs) the audacity of her to have a problem with the situation and not address this shit with you. But like you said, typical white girl shit, that's fucked up. I'm so glad that you put in your two weeks notice. And I hope that you got another job on top of that. You didn't tell us that, but I hope you did. And they are so fucking incompetent. We hear every goddamn week how these companies just do not care. And I don't know why, what is, Anessa, please tell me, what is the problem with wearing masks? Please let me, uh, what is it? What's the problem? Girl, I promise you, if I knew the answer, I would tell you. I don't understand why people are, it's like, do you want to get sick? Do you want to die? I mean, that that could be the only possible thing that I could, you know, say that, you know, the for, is the reason why people are not wearing the masks is because they want to die. Because the CDC has come out billions of times and let people know that wearing a mask is the only way that we can limit the spread of this virus. So, or, you know, another reason could be they don't, you know, they want to spread it to their families and they want their families to die. I mean, I'm so sorry to be harsh, but that's the only thing I can think of. If y'all not want to put on your mask, but the thing is, like she said, she said her family is, you know, immunocompromised. So people that are just so inconsiderate and coming in without a mask on, at least be considerate of other people. You don't know what other people have going on. So you could put your mask on. You don't know if I have family, like she said, that have underlying issues or anything like that. So if anything, put your mask on for other people, like not just because you just, I ain't going to get it. This ain't real. But shout out to you. Yes, I'm so glad that you are in college and doing a damn thing or you got one more year, hopefully. And good luck with law school and building your law firm. Okay, in the name of Jesus, I'm claiming it. That's right, girl. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the water cooler this week. Nick Cannon was fired this past week following backlash for making anti-Semitic comments on his podcast on a recent show of Cannon's class he interviewed rapper Professor Griff um you guys know he's in Public Enemy and he was briefly kicked out of Public Enemy um back in 1989 for similar remarks now I am not about to climb up no hill to die on this okay I am just Brian Gumble here to report the news in addition, <laughs> in addition to other comments, he praised Nation of Islam leader, Minister Louis Farrakhan, who white people hate. So again, not offering any opinions here because this is a very touchy subject in our community. So in response, Viacom cut ties with him. And y'all know Viacom pretty much owns 
all the cable networks. I'm not even going to go down the list, but it's MTV, BET, Nickelodeons, all the all the fucking networks. They cut ties with him, so no more wilding out and whatnot. Now, what I assume is that a lot of Black people, including myself, you know, don't really understand anti-Semitism, similar to the way that white people really can't wrap their heads around racism. So if there's any Black Jews out there who wants to learn me something, please do. I'm not beyond reproach. The point I want to make here, though, and this is important, we see all the things that Nick Cannon allegedly owned and had his hand in and was making money off of. And now that's gone because he's pissed off the white people that pay him. No matter how rich you are or how many things that you quote unquote own, you're still a slave. And I mean, we got a whole segment about how God don't like ugly and you about to lose your job hashtag and all of that shit. Well, I mean, they turned this right around on Nick. I am just, and to your point, I don't know. I don't, half the time, I don't even know how to say dang uh, anti-Semiticism or whatever. Bitch, bitch, did you hear me? Did you hear me slow that shit down? I had to slow that shit down because I'm like (laughs) anti-Semitism. And I hope I said it right. <laughs> Look, I'ma just give y'all a disclaimer. I don't know how to say it, but I'ma try anti-Semitic or whatever it's called. Okay. I ain't never heard of that. I'm be honest with y'all. And I got a I got a degree. Yeah, I said it. I don't know. But my thing is, first of all, that Nick Cannon and Wild, Nick Cannon's Wildin' Out specifically, that is a part of our culture. Like I've been watching Wildin' Out since I was like what, middle school, high school, something like that. Like I've been watching Wildin' Out for a minute. That's a part of our culture. And for them to just I feel like this is another this is another testament to how white people rule this world. They can literally take the rug up from under your feet and make you fall. Because this man don't went on here. Now, I, let me say this. I didn't hear everything that he said on the podcast. But what I did hear, I don't know about the anti-Semitics that he went over. But from what I did see him talk about, he was educating us about where the Caucasians actually came from. And that's the truth. They don't teach you that in in a, um in the in these history books. They just teach y'all about Martin Luther King. But like I said, when our other guest was here, they don't teach you about how we were Egyptian kings and queens and how there are writings on the wall that they're over there taking off that our ancestors have passed down from us generation to generation, even before Christ, BC. So and he talked about the Caucasus and the Caucasus Mountains. I'm not gonna get into all of that, but most of what he was saying in that regard was the truth. And like most people, I am standing with Nick Cannon because y'all are not going to get upset with this man because he's on here telling the truth. Now, the anthem semantics, I don't know about that, but I know for sure he was on there from what I saw. The part that I did see, he was on there speaking facts. You wasn't supposed to let Massa know you knows how to read. <laughs> You know what? I'm logging off that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyway, like I said, I ain't even gonna get into that. Um throw 2020 the fuck in the trash. And I mean this whole year has been one fucking thing after another. 
This news here should make you go, huh? Okay, so after leaving Kylie Jenner's house for a pool party, hashtag what? Rapper Meg The Stallion was shot twice by fellow rapper singer Tory Lanez. Tory was picked up and arrested on felony concealed weapons charges. There's a video. They say there was an argument in an SUV and Tori allegedly shot her from the inside of the car while she was outside. I blame the Kardashians. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Why is they fall friend? Why is it they girl? Because every time some shit go on, it, they all it's something behind it. It's like, like what's that Jordan Peele movie, The Sunken Place? What's that? What's that? Get out. They they are the get out family. It's like, why do black people hang around them? Anytime y'all are around them, look at Kanye. Look at this fool. Look what happened to um what's his name? <laughs> Tristan Thompson, Tiger. Tristan Thompson, Tiger. Um Black China. Jordan Woods. Jordan Woods. What's the other dude? Oh, uh, the other one, Chloe. Was no, Odell Beckham. I mean, no, no. I said uh, Lamar Odom. I said Odell no. Beckham. I don't know how he Right, Lamar Odom. Like everybody, just, just stop fucking with this family. They putting hexes on niggas. <laughs> I'm just playing. But yeah, like what the fuck, Tori? I cannot. Well, honestly, I don't know if we will ever hear any details, details of this story, but this is completely fucked up. Yeah, and I, I'm so confused about this story, so I'm glad you cleared that up. I'm still confused about why why he even shot her in the first place, but I saw that Meg Thee Stallion came out and was saying that there were some stories going on, rumors. I don't know. It's a lot of he say, she say, but all around, it's a it's a hot fucking mess. Okay, it's a hot fucking mess, and people posting memes and shit talking about men need to come back like Young Dolph, a hundred shots and shit. Like it's not funny. Black women always have to appear tough and shit. Meg is twenty five. She's a young girl. She's still in college. She's navigating life without her mom. Like this shit is sad. And for I'm, I'm assuming her and Tori were friends. Maybe they were arguing or whatever. You know, maybe the height difference would pull. Meg got him pull his pistol out. Girl. I don't know. <laughs> not funny. You are ignorant, but wait a minute. <laughs> he said, this is a stallion I'm dealing with. Let me pull out my Glock, okay? <laughs> Girl, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking, but that shit is fucked up. Either way. What were you guys arguing about to where, he had to, where you had to pull out a gun? But I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, so much prayers up to Meg. You know, I love her. That's my girl. She is super, super strong for even, you know, trying to get through this the best way she can. So prayers up to Meg. Shout out, Meg. Yeah. So anyway, COVID cases are rising really bad, especially here in the South, specifically Arizona, Texas, and Florida is a cesspool of COVID. Texas hospitals are running out of beds, ventilators, and even staff. The U.S.-Canada border is expected to remain closed because the U.S. has become a hotbed of COVID cases. And of course, the white man's president ordered all hospitals to bypass the CDC 
and send all of their COVID data directly to the Trump administration as if they know what the fuck to do with it. They trying to kill us, probably. They want all the data so they can underreport these numbers or something fucking stupid like that. This shit is getting repetitive, and we say this every week, but do what you can to protect yourselves and your family because your government does not give a damn. They could give two, you know what, but the numbers are going up, and like you said, it's repetitive. We talk, we continue, we're continuing to talk about it. And I've been saying this every week, but I'm going to say it again. We opened up way too soon and now we're just having to backtrack. And I still don't understand why, you know, I know here in Texas, they've started to close things down again. Bars, da, 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 da. They're, you know, making masks mandatory and all of that. But I just, I mean, I don't understand why we're not on a mandatory shutdown with everything. Like if it ain't a grocery store, like how they did in the beginning, if it's not a grocery store or, you know, an essential place, that you need to go, then it needs to be closed, period. I don't understand why the restaurant shouldn't be open still. None of these places should be open. So stay safe, child. That's all. There was a country singer. I forgot his name because I... I'm not big in the country, but he actually tested positive for COVID twice. And there was a video of him going around. So basically, I'm going to sum this up real quick. He got COVID back in March, you know, went through it, whatever, and then tested negative for the disease. So then in May, he went to a Black Lives Matter protest after he received his COVID negative results. Then he went somewhere with some friends, took some photos and blah, blah, blah. And now... July 9th, he was diagnosed with COVID again. Somebody please find this uh, country singer because he he made a very passionate Instagram post about this and how we need to stay in the house. Um, And the people that he called himself hanging out with after he was quote unquote COVID free now have COVID. And he says it is the worst thing that his body is going through. So just take this shit serious, guys. That's all I have to say about that. I'm I'm sorry to preach every week. Anyway, speaking of the fucked up government, Senator Kelly Loeffler from the great state of Illinois is rerunning to keep her Republican seat and her entire campaign is centered around getting rid of the Black Lives Matter movement. So let me give y'all a lowdown on Kelly here. She is part minority owner in the Atlanta Dream, which is a WNBA team. And when the WNBA showed support for Black Lives Matter, she publicly opposed it. This is the same bitch that was caught offloading millions in stock before the pandemic while publicly denying that there was even a crisis to begin with. So how the fuck does this bug's life head ass bitch still have a Senate seat to be running for, period? She should be in jail. She called Black Lives Matter a political organization who embraces Marxist principles and promotes violence. (laughs) Okay, bitch. We say we want to be treated just like y'all by the police and we're Marxist. Shut the fuck up and go to jail. I'm tired of y'all bitch asses getting away with doing illegal shit. Fuck this bitch. So how is it that Nick Cannon got his job taken away from him in the blink of an eye? because of anti-somatics or however you say it so is what she's doing and trying to dismantle the black lives matter and organization is that not anti 
black attic uh, whatever you want to call it is that not black <laughs> like, <laughs> like y'all can just do whatever y'all want to do i mean black people i mean white people do it all day but it i mean but as soon as I mean, as soon as we go on here and start talking about some shit that y'all do that's fucked up, which is all the time, 24-7 out of the day, uh, it's a problem. Yeah, and, and neither Anessa and I are encouraging any anti-Semitic, even though we can't say it. We don't encourage that bullshit. Don't, get, don't let the jokes get it twisted. The Holocaust was fucking horrible. We've said that in several podcasts. Um, we're not condoning that shit at all, but like she said, like the fucking irony and I'm not supporting this bitch or anybody that's supporting her. So let me run down the list of companies that donated to her trifling ass campaign. And y'all can do whatever y'all want with this information. Google, AT&T, Sony, Target, Best Buy, FedEx even donated to her campaign on Juneteenth and Kroger. Mind you, these are the same motherfuckers who rushed to put out hashtag Black, Black Lives Matter statements when shit got hot. Now they're donating behind this. They're, they're putting their money where their actual hearts is. So like I said, do what you will with that information. Um, fuck that bitch. And that's all I got to say on her. Well, I'm canceling AT&T today. And why Target? Target. Girl, Target. Oh. That's my weakness, y'all. Target, like I go there to clear my mind and go shop clearance, okay? But uh, work, work, Lord, work with me. I'm <laughs> canceling y'all. Period. Yeah, the rest of y'all can go. But in happier news, this past Thursday, a judge ruled that Monique's discrimination lawsuit. Uh, can't even talk today. Um, her discrimination lawsuit against Netflix can proceed. So congrats to her. I know that was good news for her and her husband. I'm glad that there has been a step in a good direction for Monique. I actually love her, but I wasn't giving up Netflix because they wasn't paying her the millions that she deserved. They wasn't paying me either, shit. So that ain't got nothing to do with me and better call Saul, okay? So... <laughs> Now, if you had to say Netflix when paying nobody black and they was racist against us all and lowballing everybody, then okay. But other black comedians, male and female, have gotten nice paychecks from Netflix. The bottom line, they lowballed you. So I hope you win and my little $8 a month can go towards you and Sydney living y'all best life. Shout out to Monique. I love Monique. She been going through it, so... But she because she been she been blackballed out of Hollywood and everything, child. So shout out to you, Monique. And Monique is not. A, well, I don't know her, but I believe everything that she has said has been true. All the shit she said about Tyler Perry, Oprah, all of them. I believe all of them niggas is, you know, doing some backhanded shit and trying to blackball her because she is speaking up. So, you know, I'm hoping that she gets a win somewhere here. They gotta be, cause Monique is funny. Like, she's hilarious. Like, she got been in so so many movies and everything. Like, I love her. So, hopefully, so. And Tyler Perry and Oprah, y'all need to do better. That's all I got to say about y'all. Girl, you know how we feel about Tyler Perry. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Tyler. But you can do better. Anyway, the C and 
CNBC, God damn, I can't talk today. CNBC put out an article this week about how the average minimum wage worker would have to work 97 hours a week to afford a fair market rate two bedroom home. This is a lot of people's reality right now. They're talking about a second stimulus check as of two days ago. Y'all know we record this on Saturday. It's the 18th. These were the new proposals in the new HEROES Act bill that Congress is pushing, which will include a second stimulus check. So they want to extend the extra $600 uh, unemployment benefit until early 2021 and then give $1,200 stimulus payments for each adult in a household and up to three children, pandemic premium pay for essential workers, and a temporary stay on evictions for up to 12 months. There have been rumors, thanks to bitch McConnell, that this payment will only go to those earning less than 40000 but that was an off comment that he made in an interview. That's nothing that's set in stone, and it's not in the actual bill, so... I hope they figure that shit out um, because niggas is in need. Yeah. And I also read too, Dana, that that's also like you were saying, that's not likely. I saw that on Forbes that they said that that's not likely. It'll most likely be like how it was last time. But they need to do something because unemployment is going up. And as this pandemic continues to stay here and these numbers steadily increase, people are still going to be in need. Um, so they're going to have to do something and it's not, I already knew it wasn't going away. I knew they was going to have to give another stimulus check and I'm just glad that they're doing things to help, you know, hopefully continue to help people because people need help. Absolutely. And finally, rest in peace to Naya Rivera. Her body was found days after we recorded last week. Super sad story. So much prayers out to her family and friends and everybody that worked with her and her son, especially. Yes, Naya, that is so sad. And I saw a lot of celebrities that we know, Big Sean, um, Taj Mari, who I think was closer than what I thought that they but I, they were really close. She touched a lot of people's lives. Tamara Mari, so it's so sad. Her son, her family, her mother, her brother. Uh, shout out to all of them and our condolences. Yeah, and I also want to say rest in peace to civil rights legend and icon John Lewis as well as civil rights leader, Reverend C.T. Vivian. Thank you both for dedicating your entire lives to uplifting and fighting for our community, helping us get the right to vote, marching, protesting, doing everything that you can. We salute you and rest up with the ancestors. And that's all I have for the water cooler. All right, y'all, for our down to business segment, we have Dr. Desiree Jones Rubin um, with us today calling in. Dr. Desiree Jones Rubin is a pediatrician at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital in Cincinnati, Ohio. She just recently started a fellowship in child abuse pediatrics. She completed her pediatric residency at University of Texas in Galveston in May 2020. Come on, May grad. She obtained her MD (laughs) and MPH at St. George's University in Grenada and a bachelor's in anthropology at Bowdoin College. Um, No, it's uh, Bowdoin College in Brunswick, Maine. (laughs) 
Girl, I cannot read today. Um, <laughs> before going into medicine, she worked as both a high school chemistry teacher and a makeup artist. Come on, Dr. Jones. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. I'm excited. We are excited to have you. We have so many questions and I'm sure you have a a lot to talk about. So what got you into, well, what got you wanting to be a doctor first off? So when I was little, I always was a kid, you know, playing with the stethoscope and saying I wanted to be a doctor. Um, And I I think really more so the social aspects of being a doctor were more what I was interested in. Like I like the chance that you have to build a relationship with people and be invited in such an intimate sphere when people really need need someone. And I always felt like as a kid, I never saw any doctors that looked like me Um, whenever I was sick or if I had to have a checkup. I always um, went to this uh, son and father duo and they both were um, white, white older doctors and I didn't have any doctors in my family. And so I thought it was really important that um, people, when they are in need, they have someone that looks like them. And so that's kind of what like spurred that interest. I think the part of medicine that I was more interested in was more so public health and social justice. But I knew I could actually like be beneficial in the uh, sphere of medicine with to actually do it as a physician. That's kind of like how I got started. Yes, come on through. <laughs> and what actually, <laughs> what actually made you want to be, you know, narrow it down to wanting to be a pediatrician and working with, you know, children? So when I started medical school, I was interested in both OB/GYN and pediatrics. And um, I knew that with both of them, I wanted to kind of explore more of the public health issues with women and children. And I thought OB-GYN would have been a great field for if I was going to do international medicine, being able to be both a primary care worker and be a surgeon would prove of like a lot of utility if you're going into communities of need. And when I went through my rotations in medical school, um, oftentimes when I was on the OB-GYN unit and we were doing procedures in the OR, I would find myself wanting to follow the pediatrician and the kid out of the OR. And so that, I kind of could tell from that. It's like I prefer to do things with the child and focus more on that. Um, and I think I've made the right decision because I, I love working with kids. And you still get that aspect of working with the families. Um, so I still get that mother-child um, relationship part that I'm interested in. That's beautiful. And we learned last week from our guests that children learn the most and are the most impressionable from ages one through five. So because you wanted to step out and kind of get them where they're, you know, still quite young and impressionable. And it's cool that your patients will be able to see something that you never got to see, which was a doctor that looked like them. Exactly. I think that's a wonderful thing. So in recent weeks, we have been seeing, well, not even weeks, it's been years of this, of Black women dying at alarmingly high rates during childbirth, um, after childbirth, even before the child could even be born. There were two stories released last week. One social media influencer passed away with her baby. She was eight months old during childbirth. And then there was another woman Mm -hmm. that had the same issue. What is it that someone like me who who hasn't been to medical school that doesn't know, like, how do these how do these things happen? What are your thoughts behind that? And how can someone like you 
what, 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 what can someone like you do in order to kind of combat those things from happening to women in our community? Um, well, as a black woman who is pregnant herself, I um, know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to like the fact that we have a three to four um, percent increase um, in dying or having any kind of complications after birth. Let me see to address the beginning of your question. So I, I think a lot of that goes back into some of the systemic racism that um, has been experienced in um, people, people when they go to medical providers and having medical providers who a, may not listen to you, um, not having a doctor who's advocating for you. And when you're in the hospital, things that could easily be fixed or addressed just sometimes may not have been listened to. And so I think um, something that being in the medical profession and being outside of the medical profession, making sure that um, people are advocating for others and advocating for themselves in the hospital, um, that's a, a major way to try to um, make a change with that. Unfortunately, in pediatrics, like I don't have as much say when it comes to the the mother. Um, I'm more so in the room when um, the mom's about to deliver. I can kind of have eyes on the other side of the curtain, but it's more so the kid that um, I have my focus on. And I was just going to say, you said one of the things that's very important when we're in the hospital after birth, listening to the patient. And because I went through that exact thing and I feel like if a lot of the things, I don't know if it could have, I mean, I probably wouldn't have had help syndrome, but you know, it would, I wouldn't have been released from the hospital two days afterwards if they would have actually listened to me because I explained to the doctors multiple times, you know, I was like, my feet are swelling. They were like, well, after birth, your feet swell that, you know, all the fluid goes down. I'm like, well, no, they shouldn't be swelling this much. And then my blood pressure and all of that. So that's, I love that you said, you know, actually paying and a lot of the white doctors, you know, not paying attention to what you're saying. Like, I'm telling you that this is happening. And even my my um, my son's pediatrician, she's white. I mean, she doesn't do that side. But I told her, you know, I asked her, like, are my feet supposed to swell? And she was like, oh, no, usually that's that, nobody alarmed me and said until I talked to a black nurse. Um, she was like, wow. and I talked to Dee Dee as well. And, you know, they were like, no, you need to go to the emergency room. And sure enough, I could have died in those two days. And that is so true. And that, and that has been the story of so many black women um, after giving birth. And I think um, in addition to the fact that they may not sometimes receive that information in the hospital, there are times that they're not receiving the information during their actual prenatal visits. And, you know, like, so they can know what signs do I need to look out for um, if something goes wrong? Who do I need to contact? What do I need to say? I think there needs to be more education on the forefront before they even get to the delivery room. And unfortunately, um, many of us don't get that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. So I guess the, the common theme here is to speak up. And if you if you can't get heard, go to someone else, because like Anessa said, she could have lost her life. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's super serious, like what you had. And I know something that I'm trying to do um, before my pregnancy is making sure I've looked up uh, doctors here in Ohio. I wanted to make sure I had a black OB guy on board and I was trying to get a duo on board so I could have multiple people advocating for me in addition to myself and my husband. That's how you have to do it. My cousin went ahead and paid 
privately for a doula. Thankfully, she was able able to do that. But, you know, we need extra people in in those types of situations. But I want to switch gears back back to pediatrics a little bit. So um, what what problems have you saw in in that area in 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 relating to like black kids and how they're receiving help health care in terms of that um you see some of the same things you see with adults um and kids not being um listened to um, when they're saying what's going on in the house whether it's socially whether it's medically um you, you see them sometimes not being listened to and then if the parent or guardian whoever's coming in with them isn't truly an advocate for the child sometimes see the kid's voice being lost um and now i'm in child abuse pediatrics so i see that a little bit more from a different standpoint these are kids who are coming in usually with um, some form of physical abuse um, sexual abuse or emotional abuse and this could either be from a biological home or sometimes a foster home and they're coming in during forensic interviewing and they're expressing um, something that they've gone through in their in their own words. And they always have this fear of not being believed or not being listened to. Um, and sometimes this is just what they're thinking or sometimes it's a parent telling you clearly. That's a good point, because in a lot of black households, you like you break your finger or you break your leg or you got you hot you know it's like (laughs) for real it's like child you okay ain't nothing wrong with you but then it's like really stuff wrong with you i feel like we do that a lot black moms or parents they do not listen to their kids when they when their kid says oh mama i have a headache or i'm sleepy a lot and you know they could have you know go lay down go lay down (laughs) put some vaseline on it exactly girl (laughs) when i say that's their answer for everything like oh no you okay ain't nothing wrong with you like my son had a fever and um i felt how hot he was and his dad just like he okay like he he just he tired i'm like see so he's hot because he's tired sure enough he had a fever like (laughs) (laughs) so like black parents i don't know if that's just something in our community but we just don't listen to our kids when we say that there's something wrong Yes, and, and I don't think it comes from a bad a, a bad place at all. I think it's sometimes uh, what what we've experienced and what we've seen. When it's truly serious, it'll be bad enough, and that what whatever you're going through at this point will most likely pass, which is which is often true a lot of the times. Um, but I think it it, ha- it goes back to even more experiences that both the child and the guardian um, had throughout their life. Because when, when they look at um, some of those adverse childhood experiences, that plays a big part into how the health outcomes of the kid is going to be in the long term and the immediate responses to um, daily life things in the house. And some of those things could be like domestic violence. It could be a parent with a mental health condition. It could be the fact that you didn't even have the education of um, what health conditions to look out for or know what what you know what could be happening as a um, repercussion. Um, a member of your household being in prison, growing up in a household where um, adults experience alcohol and drug use problems. Like there's so much um, that goes on into the experience of what a child sees, and of course their parents too. And so much. And also there's historical trauma there, too, because I was raised by someone who 
um, could there was no colored hospital within a 10 mile radius of where my mom grew up. So, you know, you wouldn't go into the doctor unless your finger was falling completely. Like I had to see bone, gristle, exactly. that type of thing. So it's like there there's reasons why we end up the way that we are. It, it just it just goes back and back and back to that to that historical trauma that we've experienced just trying to get by in this country. Very true. Exactly. So um, I just, so switching gears here and to continue the conversation, um, since we are black at work, Dr. Jones, (laughs) please tell us, or do you have a story or anything in regards to on this journey of becoming a black girl magic doctor um, where you've experienced, you know, racism or microaggressions. Can you tell us anything that has happened while you've been on this journey? Luckily, I haven't experienced a lot of overt racism, but I have experienced a lot of microaggressions. And um, one of the incidents that I remember was on the inpatient wards. And at that time, I was the senior resident that was responsible for two interns and three to four medical students. And part of the medical student's responsibility was to take an observed medical history of new patients that were coming. And since we had a new patient that was on the floor, I told the student, you know, of course, you can come in and take the history and I'll give you some feedback. And as he was getting his stuff together, I was like, I'll meet you in the patient's room. And so when I got to the patient's room, it was a mom, dad, the child and a grandfather. And then he joined me in the middle of that introduction, and I heard the father rush off the phone and say, oh, the doctor has arrived. And everyone's, you know, everyone's eyes in the room kind of took attention to the student, and the student happened to be a white male who was over six feet, dressed in uh, business casual attire, and they were looking to him kind of as the doctor in the room, even though I'm there and I just introduced myself in white coat and um, stethoscope as the doctor. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there and the, and the student, he's a little bit flush and he's like, oh, I'm just a student. And here I am again, having to say, as your doctor today, um, you know, and you can just kind of see their, their facial react, their facial reactions. Those are like, oh, wait, we, this is the doctor and kind of having to like jolt their, jolt their attention back to me. And, you know, sadly, I think that's the experience of many black doctors is always being mistaken for support staff, nurses. Um, it's never assumed that you are in the position as the doctor. Like, I, I can't remember being in the clinic or on the inpatient settings. You'll get statements like, um, when is the doctor coming? Oh, you're the doctor. You're not what I expected. Oh, you went to medical school to be a nurse. And you're like, I just... I just explained myself. And so having to constantly explain yourself, I would say to peers, to other staff members and to patients um, is something that has become a norm. Oh, they got the right one. Cause see, I fuck around and let them die <laughs> straight up. Uh, you was expecting somebody. Oh, okay. Bye. Her bandaid. <laughs> no, like that is ridiculous. Can you imagine like, being a doctor, working as hard as you worked, going to school for 17 years of your like, like, okay, I ain't gonna say that. I know. I'm too petty. I'm too petty to be a doctor. I've been like, okay. 
<laughs> Y'all can just die in Cornwall. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Jada, wait a minute. You say you're gonna let him die. Oh, so that's what you want to do? Okay, well, I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna let you, uh, I'm gonna let the intern handle you, okay? Since you don't want me to be good. Yeah, here, Brad. Here, here. And you know, and it's hard, and, and you have to be the bigger person in the room and say, as I said, as your doctor, this is what the plan is for today. Um, so, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of thick skin and uh, being the bigger person in the room and re-educating because I, I mean, I get it that people have an image in their head and you have some type of cognitive dissonance when you see something that doesn't fulfill what you thought was supposed to be a doctor. So living through that is definitely, definitely different. <laughs> I would have had a totally different reaction if I, had, if, I, if I was in a room and you walked in and was like, I'm the doctor. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, once again, I'm logging off because I cannot deal with Dana. Wait a minute, wait. Look, she walk in, she my doctor. I'll be like, yes, and how old are you? Black girl magic. I'm going to be like, come on, doctor. Sew me back up. Yes. <laughs> Those are, I like walking in those rooms. <laughs> that is a mess. We're angry. No, we're angry. But um, I was going to ask um, about your fellowship in child abuse pediatrics. Can you kind of tell us about that? How did that get started? Or, you know, can you explain to us what that is? Okay, yes. So I just started in child abuse pediatrics. And it's a field that not many people know about in medicine, let alone people um, outside of medicine. Um, but what it is, is that you are a medical consult for other physicians and for um, basically law force. Um, and what it is, you tell, you, you let them know if a case is possibly secondary to child abuse or if it's not um, looking likely to be child abuse or if it's related to another medical condition. Um, this could be um, something about sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. If there's a question of that in the air, there's a certain workups that we do um, in terms of labs and imaging just to see if there's anything that looks suspicious that could um, guide you in a certain direction. And it's not always um, one that guides you in the direction of abuse. It could be this child has brain cancer, and that's why they're having these developmental delays or why they have um with this certain medical condition going on. It could be a child with fractures and maybe they have um, a certain bone disease that um, the parents weren't aware of. And you can sometimes bring, bring that to light. Um, and then sometimes it is a case where something does look very suspicious for child abuse and you have imaging, you have labs to support it, and then you have a child who's coming forward and making a disclosure during a forensic interview. And then those are some of the cases where you feel like um, your your objective view in medicine kind of helps um, with, the, with the actual legal case of, that maybe leads to the um, alleged perpetrator being incarcerated. So that's kind of what we do in a nutshell. And that's important. Great work because we don't need kids out here <laughs> seriously being abused. And we need somebody just <clears throat> like you who can speak up for these kids. Um, like you said earlier, they don't have the the capacity to speak up for themselves. Um, but before we go, I did want to touch on one of your many talents, um, 
being a makeup artist. <laughs> we mentioned. Oh my so, God. <laughs> what, so what got you into that? Like how, like doctor, makeup artist, you know, I, I know that us women, us black women, we're so talented and multifaceted, but what got you into makeup and what made you want to do that in addition to healthcare? So when I finished uh, my undergraduate degree, I knew I wanted to do something in the meantime before medicine, um, whether it was teaching or whether it was um, doing service work abroad. And so what I had chose to do was to be a teacher. And so I was a teacher um, out in Carrollton in the Dallas area. I'm pretty sure you know where that is. Um, and yes, we do. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time in my apartment complex, there was this beautiful lady who sold Mary Kay products and she um, swept me in to her Mary Kay world. And I started selling it too. And when I was doing it, I, I realized the part that I loved doing was actually working with the women and like building self-confidence and doing the makeup portion more so than the selling of products. And so then I went ahead and got my um, license in doing and doing makeup so I could do it for like events. I did it for people's birthday parties. I did it for weddings. And so I, I just I really enjoyed that part about making women feel beautiful and uh, being able to do something with my hands like that, something that comes innately. And whereas um, medicine for me, it, it was always a bit of a um, challenge going through sciences and makeup just comes comes with ease and it's something I enjoy doing. Well, I so wish I would have known that you could do my makeup for the baby. And I was Dr. Didi, you are the shit to me. That is dope. And, and what I'm getting from you just from this interview is just like you just like to care for people. You like to uplift people. You like to make people feel good. And you are an awesome human just from doing that. Girl, you didn't got certified in makeup. Look. Right. <laughs> I'm over here like I ain't doing shit with my life. <laughs> you went to school. She went to school for years. Man, also got her makeup license. Like, what we doing? Okay, let's do more, everybody. No. Okay, everybody, do more. (laughs) But but thank you so much, Dr. Didi, for being on the show. Did you want to promote your Instagram, your social media pages? Oh, yeah. So my Instagram is Dr. Underscore Desiree Monique. Please feel free to come over to my page. I'm going to um, start trying to promote more um, kind of like lifestyle and um, seeing seeing what it's like to be a black doctor and especially what it's like to be a black doctor and child disease pediatrics. We Black doctors only represent 2% of the medical field. So any insight into um, our lives and how you can reduce the mystique of a doctor. We're just people and we like to have fun and have lots of hobbies. I think any kind of insight you can get into that, you should definitely check out um, Instagram pages um, of me and any um, other black doctors that are out there. Because there are some that are popping and there's a lot of pages that are coming out. And I think think it's good for other people to see what we're all about. Awesome. Well, An angel on earth. Thank you, Dr. D. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me. It's time for the break room. It's the break room. It's the break room. What your break room? Girl, we finna spill all the tea. Hey, hey, it's the break room. 
All right, y'all. Well, in TV news and drama, so much going on or so much that has gone on. Brashard, I might be saying his name wrong, but hey, Brashear Gray from Empire was arrested this past week for domestic violence charges for strangling his wife. Is he, um, he think he on Empire reading his script again or what he got going on? I mean, are you fucking serious? You, I first of all, I didn't even know he was married. Uh, secondly, you strangled your wife. Uh, I okay. <laughs> so yeah, he's crazy. Obviously, in real life, I didn't finish watching Empire. Empire got a little too dramatic for me, so I stopped watching it. But I know it's not; it's no longer on. But I guess a lot of these celebrities are. Um, just have nothing to do right now so I guess they're choosing other avenues but um in other abuse (laughs) abuse is your other avenue you got shit else to do (laughs) choke a hoe okay you know I (laughs) I'm I'm really really policing what I have to say about this as a victim of or not a victim I'm a survivor of domestic violence I don't find this cool at all Whatever the backstory is, if you're a grown ass adult, you don't have no fucking business putting your hands on another grown ass adult. And that's if you are male, female, black, white, orange, brown, uh, straight, gay, bi, trans, whatever. Keep your fucking hands to yourself. That's right. And yeah, I was not trying to say I'm sorry, y'all, for saying he ain't got nothing else to do because he don't need to be putting his hands on. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know what he what he was thinking or what his I don't know the backstory either, but I just know. He is ridiculous. So I'm going to move on from him. (laughs) In other news, Tamara is moving on from the real. Now, she came onto social media and just basically said that she's moving on to different endeavors. Uh, Basically, she's done her part and now she's moving on. Uh, this is the second person, child. What's going on at the real? Okay, first it was Amanda. Well, no, let me go down the list. First it was Tamar, but I mean they said Tamar was fired. Then Amanda left, but I know why Amanda left because I Amanda was too real for the real, and now Tamara is leaving. And I actually love Tamara. I don't know if if there's something underlying going on at the real or what, but uh, Tamara said I'm gonna take my bags and I'm about to go ahead and mosey on down the hill. Well, she probably know that this show is about to be axed because ain't nothing real about the real. We've already talked about this in a, in a previous break room, but they are real, real fake. Um, the topics that they talk about be bullshit. I don't like none of their opinions. They whack. <laughs> so uh, I like Tamara. I like her and her sister. Um, uh, again, I'm policing the hell out of my life. <laughs> comments here because I just feel like this show was just after Tamar left so you know congrats to you for making that decision I don't think that we'll be seeing too much more of the real after this I agree I agree I think she knew too and she's just like let me go ahead and move on right now Tamara is very talented her and her sister so she'll definitely have a we'll see her soon but anyways y'all Dana she been called it, okay? Because Princess Love from Love Hip Hop Hollywood files to dismiss the divorce against Ray J. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, my God. I'm so shocked, Anessa. Oh, my goodness. This is like the hottest news this week. Huh? 
<laughs> Y'all, I thought it was real. But you know what? So the next time they out here cloud chasing via lives and Zeus conversations, I'm just going to ignore them. Uh, because like I said, Dana Ben said this, but following in their footsteps are their fellow co-stars, A1 and Lyrica, from also from Love Hip Hop Hollywood, who are also going to be doing a sit down or having a conversation about their issues. But I don't care. I don't have Zeus. We still waiting on our logins. And even if y'all did send me a login, I still ain't going to log in to see that bull. Everybody is broke and in quarantine. All of y'all favorite celebrities are grasping at straws right now because they have these huge, magnificent, expensive lives. And they were only able to keep that shit going through the due to touring and album releases. And now they're not doing that shit no more. So niggas is trying to figure out other ways to get money. Let's put our business and our personal life and our marriage on the line here. We're that desperate. Um, I'm not putting it past none of these niggas. If that's how y'all gonna get your money up, I ain't hating on it. Period. You said it. They ain't they don't got no money coming in, so they trying to figure stuff out. So now they going on Zeus. Zeus gonna pay them a little five thousand dollar check. I don't know that for sure, but can't be that much. And they're gonna use your ducats to do so. So do what you please. I don't know. Y'all can send us uh, some DMs in the uh, on Black at Work at Black at Work on Instagram. <laughs> Let me know how it is. <laughs> yeah, um, tell us what happened. <laughs> but on to an RHOA update and just Real Housewives of Atlanta news. Period. Our dear Portia was arrested this week for protesting on Breonna Taylor's behalf to have the police who killed her arrested. Okay, her and 87 or 100 others were protesting on the attorney general's attorney general's property in Louisville, Kentucky. If you don't know, and I know we have brought it up on the show billions of times, but his name that I really don't want to say, but I'll go ahead and say it is Daniel Cameron. And yes, co-workers. He is one of our cousins. Well, no, actually, no, he ain't one of our cousins. He's black. And as far as I'm concerned, a disgrace to the culture. I mean, a complete disgrace. This motherfucker was having an engagement party the weekend that a lot of these protests for Breonna Taylor kicked off and he up here celebrating life while this this young lady who we just found out she was I don't I don't, know, I don't mean to veer off subject in this I'm sorry oh, you we, we just found out that after they shot her eight times she actually lived for about eight minutes and they let her lay there for 20 minutes before even offering medical support so fuck this man fuck his raggedy ass uh in, uh what is his fiance? Sure. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Fuck him. Fuck all of them. Shout out to Portia. Shout out to everybody that's continuing to protest this stupid fucking madness. It's a shame uh, that we even have to protest these things. We even have to protest to get the people that killed Ahmad Aubrey charged. And those weren't even cops. They don't give a fuck about us. So again, shout out to Pres- uh, Precious. <laughs> shout out to Portia for doing the right thing getting out there and I'm and I'm sorry that she got arrested but uh, apparently she's following in her granddaddy's footsteps so right she is and this man Daniel Cameron who is a disgrace I can't even begin to let you guys know how disgusted I am with him but he also upgraded one of the charges to a felony and now she could possibly face prison time. Yandy from Love and Hip Hop was also arrested as well as Tamika Mallory who's an activist. Uh, They were also out there with the Until Freedom Organization 
they were also arrested as well. So this man is discussing the fact that he's a black man. And I went on the, the, the Kentucky.gov website and his black ass just sitting up there astute, like he a good attorney general doing a good work for his kinship, for his kinfolk. And he's not like he's out here cooning. Hopefully that's not anti-Semitic, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Bitcoin and fuck him. And this, and this just goes to show y'all, like, just don't go to the polls voting for people that's black just because they black. Actually read their policies and know what the fuck they about. Because a lot of people probably saw him like, oh, okay, he could be for the people. He ain't for us. He ain't for us. Fuck this man. <laughs> okay. Fuck this man. Um, Go ahead, Inessa. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not going to stay on that topic too long because I can say a lot of stuff about that. That's ridiculous. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to Candy. Y'all, she let us know because we're still in a Housewives update. Candy let us know on social media that they are filming again. Uh, they've started filming again for Housewives. Yes, I'm so interested to find out what type of filming they're doing, though, because we are in a pandemic. I don't know what how much social distancing social distancing i'm sorry y'all i can't talk they're doing because you know they like to go out to eat and go to parties and all of this i don't know if they're gonna have on a mask when they together i don't know child but i'm interested to find out what how their filming is gonna look but i'm sure portia's drama is gonna be captured as well as you know other things that have been going on so this should be an interesting season uh i'm excited to find out what's going on did you hear about Sheree? I did. So, you know, she has Corona. Um, she's been hauled up in her um, chateau for weeks now. And I saw the video that she posted. She looks good. But uh, this shit is real. Like, niggas is getting Corona. And I don't know. Well, she wasn't even on the show to begin with. But I doubt if they're going to be filming with her <laughs> <laughs> girl for real yeah Sheree has COVID she went on her live and was just basically telling y'all it's real but you know what let me just say this I'm so sick of celebrities getting on because also Jennifer from Basketball Wives Jennifer Williams from Basketball Wives said that she went on and said that she went and tested for she got tested positive for Corona and she was saying it's real and I understand that these celebrities are using their platform to let people know that it's real because a lot of People are just flying by the seat of their pants. But we know it's real. How many people have died from this? Y'all need to get on here and tell us that it's real. We know it's real. Just because you out in Atlanta twerking and going to Frost Bistro where Rashida at and you going to Gold Room and doing all this other stuff without a mask on, hookah bar. And I don't know if Sheree was doing that. But a lot of people in Atlanta, a lot of my fellow old classmates that I went to school with, I see y'all. Y'all is tripping out there. So I feel like they're getting weird. Yes, I feel like they're getting it and then all of a sudden, or they're doing what they want to do. Then when they get it, they want to come on their live and be like, oh, well, it's real. Now it's been real. You should have been in the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Girl, over over the past couple of weekends, like, I feel so bad for thinking this, but I've been seeing my friend. I'm talking about people that I actually love and family members just out. Like, we are not in a pandemic and I am judging all of you because what the fuck? Like, y'all not supposed to be doing this shit, bro. Like, oh my goodness. Anyway. No, not at all. So it's crazy. Again, y'all, please wear your mask and don't be out at the club. Y'all need to be, the whoever is in charge needs to be closing the clubs anyway. 
that's all that's that's a whole nother subject lastly for those of you who love housewives of potomac any housewives of potomac fans out there they are back in the premiere comes on on august 2nd so please tune in for that can't wait can't wait i cannot either also uh i do want to let you guys know that netflix if you are trying to watch something on netflix y'all know i'm not a really big fan of netflix but i do love me along Neil Long and Omar Epps have a new, um, they have a new movie on Netflix called Fatal Affair. It just came out. Uh, so if you want to support more black people magic, <laughs> please go and support them because I love Neil Long, child. And I love Omar Epps. Omar Epps, y'all, is from um, Love and Basketball. So he was the, the main character in that show. Now, for music, I do want to just take a the time out to say I'm so sorry about Tamar Braxton who was rushed to the hospital for an alleged suicide attempt please y'all let's keep her in our prayers and all of these celebrities that are literally they don't have anything to do they're probably spinning their wheels because they can't tour they can't go on can't go to concerts they can't go to appearances they can't make money who knows what they have going on a lot of them I feel like we might I don't know. I don't want to call that on anybody's life, but I just want to make sure that we are keeping everybody lifted up. Cause even though they didn't, uh, you know, make sure that their money was right. A lot of us ain't making sure our money right either. So let's not be, let's not judge them all. But Tamar, I love Tamar and I'm so sad to hear that she is suffering from this. And I hope that she comes through on the other side. Devastating news. I can't even, when I heard the news, I was like, whoa, like what, what happened? She is, um, well, she was always one of my favorite characters on Braxton Family Values and any show that she was on because she's just fucking funny and ridiculous. And I just, I just love her personality. So it really was heartbreaking to hear that she had those issues. But, um, homegirl can sing her ass off i'm talking about sing she can sing better than all of her sisters even the legend her sister of tony braxton like no wait 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 wait. let's not let's not say she can sing better than but she can blow okay she can blow so very very talented and i i wish her the best nothing but prayers her way Yes, and lastly, y'all, I want to go over some new music that has just dropped. Y'all know I like to go over this new music Friday. DJ Khaled and Drake dropped new music on Friday. The two singles are titled Grease and Popstar. I don't really care for the songs. Honestly, I feel like they could have done a lot better. I was what? You don't like Drake? Mm-mm, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no, bitch. Now, I will say, this is DJ Khaled and not Drake. No, I'm just kidding. I ain't going to do that. It's Drake and DJ Khaled. So, it was a joint effort. So, both of y'all, that shit went. Y'all could have came up with something better. I ain't going to be listening to that again unless it come up on a... I don't know. I'm going to skip it every time it come up. But I do want to say August Alcina came out with new music a couple weeks ago, I think. And I didn't know because New Music Friday didn't mention it. (laughs) His album, y'all, is called The Product 3 State of Emergency. So now it's making sense as to why he brought the whole Jada entanglement up. But August, you could have also done better. Because I I heard a snippet of one of your songs and I don't like that. And y'all, it's 27 songs on his album. And I'm sorry, I don't have time to listen. 
Dana, have you heard it? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here cracking up at your Virgo ass. We're talking about I don't like it. <laughs> you're a Virgo too. Like, come back to the drawing board, uh, Audrey. <laughs> um, I have not heard it yet. I did have plans on streaming the album to, you know, help bro out, and I still will, but no, I have not heard it. And I honestly I wasn't a fan of his to begin with, so I wasn't expecting much. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't heard it. Well, let me know. I'm not listening. I don't have time to listen to an hour and 36 minutes of. <laughs> uh, what are you listening to, Dana? Anything that you're listening to on your end? Or, I mean, it's not a lot of music that's coming out. I mean, I guess everybody's focused on the pandemic, but I'm not listening to nothing. No, I've been reading this week, um, reading a lot of books. One of my favorite authors, Mary Monroe. I'm reading one of her trilogies right now, finishing that up. And then I'm going to start on another trilogy that she has. Um, but as far as music, nope. Nothing over here. <laughs> well, that's what we got, y'all. If y'all listening to anything, hit us up on social media. Like, DM us, comment, whatever you need to do. Let me know. And let me know how August I've seen the album is. Because I'm sure y'all just finding out. Because I'm telling y'all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, that's all I have for the break room. All right, y'all. Well, we Vanessa doesn't know this. And she's about to, about to find out right now. But we're going to talk about The Shy next week. Because I didn't watch this <laughs> week's episode i'm so sorry i forgot um did you want to say something about it real quick Vanessa, or did you watch i did watch and go ahead go ahead i i don't mind no 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 i mean i was just, we can talk about it next week because the same kind of things are happening i mean we're still just trying to we're still trying to find keisha and all of that so this week's episode and of course candy premiered on this week's episode as do 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 wife do wife yeah so we got to see a glimpse of her and hopefully you know we start to see a lot of that unravel and her purpose and all of that so we can definitely talk about it next week because this week's episode is definitely gonna bring up some things so we can go over it then all right, cool. Well, thank y'all so much again for listening to us this week. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Didi, for coming through and talking with us. Um, had so much fun talking with her today. Thank you guys so much for listening and sending in your fuck yous. And as always, we'll see you guys next week. Yes, bye, y'all. Stay black. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.